Hello and welcome to Those Who Can't Do Podcast. My name is Gina and as always I am here with my co-host, editor, producer, and husband Matt. Hello. (laughs) We are just two teachers navigating this crazy world we call teaching. In our season finale we will be discussing the grading system. Before we begin, we would like to give a shout out to our promotional partners over at Lesson Writer. Lesson Writer is a website for teachers that creates literacy-focused lessons from any content of choice. Simply copy and paste into the platform, and in moments, Lesson Writer will analyze the text and generate exercises designed to help students improve comprehension and literacy skills. Check out the free option today at LessonWriter.com. Yeah, this thing is really cool because it basically is there to kind of rival New ELA as far as the way that it's going to detail lessons for EL students. It's really, really cool. It's a really cool program that's going to be able to generate a lot of information for your class to use. I really like uh, the fact that uh, I actually kind of wish this was around or at least I don't know uh, when I was doing student teaching because the standard like plugging in the standards and Took Bloom, hours. yes and the Bloom's taxonomy like all these things that this does in mo- like seconds um, is something that took me Which hours. I remember, sitting, I remember sitting there in college yeah. being like god I wish we could just automate this whole thing because we already know what we're doing. Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's just, it's really nice. I think if you're a student teacher, you would really benefit from it. Or like even a newer teacher or someone who's been evaluated because of the way that they can just plug in the standards and um, all the guiding questions and all that is just kind of there and done for you. And it's good for all topics too. It's not just like an English thing. But anyway, enough about that. Uh, let's dive into our topic of the American grading system. In this episode, I want to answer this question. Do you think that the traditional A through F grading system is outdated? But first, context. Matt, explain the, gra- uh, the A through F grading system to our listeners. Do I, do I need to explain the A through F grading system? <laughs> I don't like it's, to okay, assume things. <laughs> okay, so it's on a scale of A, B, C, D. For some reason, we skip E and go to F. And that is the system that currently is utilized across the board in America for grading Um, across the world um, with some grading systems changing it to include an S at the top. So there's an S rank. And if you get an S rank, then you get a pass on the next year's class in some cases. Hmm. But for the most part, it's an A through F system with very little variation in there. Um, but what is like an A, B and C are usually considered passing grades. Occasionally a D is. Um, But a D would usually mean that you're borderline not understanding the material. And F is usually a failure to uh, complete the work or a failure to actually do everything that you need to do. So Mm -hmm. this system is based around this idea that um, you can, well, I mean, yeah, I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit. But it's, you know, it's more based along the lines of, is your work being completed or not? Yeah. Not necessarily is your work being completed to scale or to standards. So it doesn't look at the type of work or quality of work. It mostly just looks at the amount of work that you're completing. Yeah. Uh, in the in order for it to be effective, that's yeah. kind of what it is. Basically, anyone who's ever failed my class hasn't turned in enough work. It was not because they were you know, quote, unquote, like, too dumb or something like that. It was simply because, no, they just didn't do enough for me to be able to pass them. Well, the thing that A through F does that Mm -hmm. is different than a lot of 
uh, other options is it quantifies mm -hmm. and averages your score. Yeah. Meaning that it's looking at everything that you've done and creating a grade point average for you to base off of. Yeah. Which is important for college introduction because they go off of GPA. Yeah. So it feeds into that system of being able to compare what you're doing to a GPA, which requires that the teacher has a large amount of evidence and data in yeah. order to plug in this grade for you as a, as a student. Mm -hmm. So when you sit down and you look at all the stuff that you've done, well, okay, you failed this one test, but you've passed all these other tests, the average will show that your grade is gonna boost up despite having one fail, mm -hmm. um, which isn't a problem until we get to this next part. <laughs> so let's uh, dive even deeper is my cue. Um, we have these things called standards. Currently, our nation is using something called Common Core Standards or Common Core State Standards. Yes. Uh, so can you briefly tell us what that is and how that looks? So standards are basically skills. It's a list of skills that students need to be able to accomplish by the time they finish a grade level. Um, and the goal is that if students, are with, if students were able to accomplish this skill in sixth grade, when you go to seventh grade, that skill gets a little more complicated. Yeah they're able to then transition to that seventh grade skill, eighth grade skill, ninth grade skill until they've graduated with a full palette of skill sets Yeah, that they can then utilize in the daily world oh. and life and that kind of thing. And in education, we like to call that scaffolding, fancy words. Well, yeah, but scaffolding, <laughs> you're scaffolding is each, the grade level. Yes. So it's not necessarily it's slight between build between each one. Yeah, yeah but it's basically so that way you can jump back and forth, um, yeah. you know, between students within the class. And the reason why this doesn't necessarily work with an A through F system um, in this case is that the A through F system is trying to quantify an amount of data, mm -hmm. meaning that the different grading points on the line that's being graded, if one of them drops lower, such as getting an F, or one of them goes higher, such as getting an A, the average will average out as a C. Well, the problem is, is that in standards, those two tests have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. As in, okay, the kid failed being able to write a sentence, but they passed being able to give a speech, meaning mm -hmm. that their grade in the class is a C. Yeah. Well, that doesn't do anything for that kid because they still can't write a sentence. Yeah. So when they go to the next set of standards mm -hmm. that's in the next class, they don't actually have all the skills that they need because it might have been identified in the class that they had an F. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they're failing the class and, it, and it's not getting addressed at all because from teacher to teacher, we're reassessing the kids every single semester, every yeah, single time. That's what I was going to jump into where like we give the kid a grade, but the teach the next teacher doesn't know the the skills in which that kid got last year. And there's a, exactly. a lot of times there's not that communication between different grades, uh, grade level teachers. So you don't know that. No, no, this kid got a, a, a C because they're really good at these things. But man, when it came to these other things. And so you, the teacher just has to relearn a whole group, new group of students uh, and not understand why this kid might be in this class when yes. they can't do which, things like write a sentence. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And which plays into this whole idea that, okay, the state tests mm -hmm. have adjusted to this. Mm -hmm. They have gone to this level of, okay, we're going to examine each skill. So when I go in and look at my students' state tests now, I can see where they're at on each on each state, you know, standard. I don't necessarily yeah. have to go through 
and look at their grades from previous classes because that tells me nothing. It yeah. gives me no information that's helpful because who cares if they got a C in their last English class? They could have gotten a C because that teacher gave exclusively reading-based homework, but then they turn around and they don't know how to write because that kid didn't get any writing assignments in this teacher's class or vice versa. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't do anything for me to even look at grades at all. It also doesn't do anything for colleges to look at grades at all. Yeah. They have gone to completely ignoring grade point average to where the entire system to get into college is now based on three things. SAT tests, your grade on the standards test, and your entry level test to college. That's yeah. it. They don't even look at your GPA. The GPA is only an application barrier. Yeah. So as in if your GPA is too low, you can't apply. But as long as your GPA is above that, you can send an application in, and the only thing that's taken into consideration now is stuff outside of GPA. Yeah, meaning that, that no one's even looking at the A through F grading scale. Yeah, and you know that brings me back to my first uh, year in, or year first two years of teaching, where I was teaching high school and uh, trying to convince the students that they needed to get good AP scores in their AP test. Because like why I should get like if I get a one or two on the test it doesn't matter because I got an A in the class I'm like no you want to know what that looks like you got an easy t uh, teacher who gave you an A in your class you know like so it doesn't matter what you got in the English class if you're not gonna have the the AP test or the test that matches your grade because it just looks like that teacher was easy or yes. you slacked off on the test or something like that. It doesn't look good regardless. So you have to kind of match the grade with your test or well, the, the skills that you're taking. And that's like, it's difficult to even go about it this way. But the point being, A through F is severely outdated at this point. Well, that um, was my question. <laughs> so oh. is the A through F grading system outdated, especially considering the Common Core State Standards? Sorry, I jumped Yes, so Matt says it is outdated. <laughs> it's considering, because, okay, because look, it's, it's all about this. It's about quality of work over quantity at this point. Mm -hmm. All the state standards, what colleges are looking for, what job application centers are looking for in students, Mm -hmm. um, when they get there is this idea that they can do good work. Yeah. Not that they can do a lot of work. Yes. Um, and the A through F scale is used to measure how much work can get done because it's based on this like, you know, machine learning that that's not the word for it. Assembly line learning. Yeah. You know, that was put in place to get the workforce of America up to par so that way they could mass produce items, right? That was, <laughs> yeah. when, that was when the school system came about and so that when students signed up for school, you know, they would be put into a system that would basically teach them how to work on an assembly line. Yeah. They could crank out a lot of work. Yeah. But that assembly line work is less important compared to creating that one idea mm -hmm. that's going to set you up for life. Yeah. People are going off of this idea. So if you're going into business, computer programming, science, like looking at these majors and the way people are successful is building one idea and then writing that out for the rest of their career. Yeah. You know, and, and using that idea and profiting off of it. So that way they really only do one really good task, which is what Common Core is trying to set up. Yeah. But Common Core is right now being measured against this old-fashioned system that's based on how much work can a student do? Who cares when that work sucks? 
So what would be a better way to assess students then? Because we have to determine if every student has the necessary skills, especially according to Common Core State Standards, um, to move on to the next grade. So how can we assess the students in a okay. better way? Well, right now, there's one place that is doing this correctly in American schools. Um, one place? There's one place that it's happening, and that is summer school credit recovery. Oh, Summer school credit recoveries across America right now are not based on an A through F scale. What? They don't base it off of that. Because, did you didn't know this? No, I've, <laughs> I've never taught, I've only taught summer school once and that was an enrichment course and that was pass fail. It is, <laughs> it is, well, it's not pass fail, it is mastery grading. Ah. Which means that basically the students are weighed off of specific you know, tests that are performed on specific standards. Mm -hmm. So for instance, I'm in English, yeah. so I'm going to talk about English, yeah. but there are other ways of measuring these standards. The math scores are based off of the different subjects, but in English, there's writing, reading for information, reading for literature, speaking and listening with a separate language category for vocabulary and reading. Yeah. So there's five categories. Yes. Right? The student gets a mastery grade if they pass all five categories. If they fail one, they fail the class. Yeah. And that's how the summer school is graded. So they have to pass all five categories by delivering work in each of these categories. You set what that work is at the beginning of the semester mm -hmm. when you work with students in summer school, and then they create these categories over time. So yeah, they can pr they prove that they've mastered um, each skill of the each five categories. Each skill set, yes. I, uh, which, is, yeah. which is super helpful for these students in particular mm -hmm. because these are the students that did fail they got an F in the original English class, yeah. which is why it gets brought up here. But the problem is, is that that is such an effective method of teaching mm -hmm. that when you go back to a regular classroom, it's painful to watch students try to try to assemble a grade based off of standards that are mastery based. Because yeah. when you see it in action and you see these kids actually able to perform it that bombed out in these other classes, mm -hmm. it changes everything. You can't go back to the original. That's how I, uh, that's kind of how I grade, um, I teach middle school English. Um, I do separate their grades into those same five categories. Uh, I used to say if a kid failed one category, they failed the class, but that was so difficult to try to explain to the counselors, to the kids, to the teachers, why the kid looks like they have a C, but then I failed them on the progress report. I'm like, because they don't know how to read information or well, you know, for, whatever and it for is. for listeners' information, there is a difference. What you're describing is the difference between standards and absolute standards grading. Okay. Um, absolute standards is the idea that if you fail one of those categories, you do not pass the class. Standards grading is based on an average of all the categories. Yeah. Now, this is what That's what I do teachers, now. That's what, exactly. And that's what we as teachers are forced into at this point. Mm -hmm. Pretty yeah. much everybody across the board cannot do holistic mastery grading it's you can't accomplish it yeah they have these standards which i i know that there's a lot of like negativity especially towards the math common core state standards but for english i like this common core standards i think well, they're okay. great but it's but hard to but it's hard to convert like your kid needs their this student needs to be able to do these skills and yet i still have to somehow plug it into this a through f system yes and no it's, I think, well, yes, no, you're absolutely right with what you said. Yeah. I'm saying yes yeah. and no compared to what. <laughs> I am, compared thank to what, you. <laughs> compared to the subject we're going off of here. I was, I was thinking back to what you said about math standards, and I'm saying yes and no. 
Um, oh, I think I've heard a lot of math teachers actually really like it because of the way they kids have to critically think. But I guess well, because again, it's, it's also a, very more complicated in the steps you have to take compared not, to what we did. Well, and get this: this is the thing is that from an English perspective, we have five categories. Yeah, math has one. Okay. And that's the issue for it. Math has one category, basically, that students move up the rungs. Oh. And if a student doesn't move past this rung, they don't move on in the class. Mm. Like, it stays, they stay there on that rung until they get it, mm. um, which is different. And oh, because so, math builds in such a way that... Math you, builds. You now, can't... here's the thing. If they didn't achieve a rung back in sixth grade, yeah, they're, oh, if I they're know. sitting in high school now... They don't move on from sixth grade math. They're yeah. still at that level. And yeah. the levels accommodate for it. Meaning mm-hmm. that they're struggling to get through. And that is frustrating for parents to see because, of course, they blame it on the teachers. Yeah. But it's really not that system. It's the, it's the system itself that has sat there and we are forced to pass this kid. Yeah. Because they pass everything else. Even though they don't know the work. Yeah. And so and math allows for that times infinity so it doesn't make any sense to a parent because yeah. they're sitting there saying oh look here's a b in this math class b in this math class oh and now they're getting f's in math this doesn't make any sense their sixth seventh and eighth grade math they passed but their ninth tenth and eleventh grade math now they failed all the way through why is it what happened here it's obviously this tenth grade teacher's fault this eleventh grade teacher's fault yeah. and that's not fair to say because it's actually the skill set that they missed out on back here but they received a passing grade because the standards forced them to pass the kid, even though they don't know the standard. Yeah, and it's always frustrating being at the middle school level because at that point the students have figured out that it, they're going to be passed along anyway. Um, and so the, a lot of them are like, well, I don't need to bother trying or it doesn't matter because I'm going to move on to the next grade. And it's a, it's hard when you're in ninth grade and you're hit with the but now we don't pass you along. Well, and I am of the opinion that the math standards, once we get this generation that has had it since first, second grade, mm-hmm. which are hitting middle school now from when standards were put in place, these Common Core State standards when they were put in place across the board. So by the time they get to high school, they're going to be able to do math that we couldn't dream of. Mm. Those kids are getting it. The kids that started from the beginning are there. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Not the kids who have the transitioned. The kids that they jumped in and yeah. transitioned midway, bombed, 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 bombed. Every yeah. single year is getting worse for them because they are lost. Yeah. You know, and what should have happened is a transition that was yeah. whole, as in not try to jump these kids into a math they don't understand because they're getting but the same reaction. S- yeah, start with the kindergarten, first grade students. And build from there. Because, yes, because the whole standard system builds. Now, oh. here's the thing. There are other options as far as grading. Do you want to kind of jump into those a little bit? Uh, Sure. I mean, there's obviously more than mastery grading and standards grading and the percent or, or grade level. There's percentage. So at one point, you start at zero and your goal is to hit close to 100%. Um, there's what we call norm reference grading, which is comparing students to each other, uh, which seems awful to me. <laughs> like, oh, you're not as good as that kid. Um, and then there's well, pass the thing, fail, which is using the common scale. So like you either pass is, or you don't. Is incredibly effective at high level classes though. Okay. How? Uh, I, don't, I don't know actually that much a, about jumping it. Jumping into an AP calc class, oh, okay. jumping into, uh, uh, oh, so the curve. AP linear algebra, jumping into, yeah, it helps students. When the work requires failure. Ah, okay, yeah, When yeah, the yeah. work requires that you fail multiple times in order to assess where you're at, mm-hmm. 
that type of grading system is ideal because then you're comparing student progress to each other mm -hmm. as a group rather than as an individual itself against yeah. itself. Yeah. The norm reference grading is incredibly helpful, not just for the curve, but for, but for classes that require failure in order to succeed. So it, you'll prob you probably never see it in an English class. No. But at high but, level yeah, science, like the math high level science, math classes, yeah. where, you know, they will, they will spend weeks probably not getting the correct answer, quote unquote, mm -hmm. for their problem, but they are learning the math for it yeah. is incredibly helpful because... Man, you learn a lot from a failed test in those classes if the fail is allowed. Yeah. If you're allowed to fail if you're allowed to fail a test in those classes because you got the wrong answer, you learn more in those math classes than you do ever passing a test. And basically what that what he's saying is because um you're not it's not so much like you have to get a certain percentage to get a certain grade in it, but if all of the students are average are getting like D's or C's on the test, it, it allows for you to fail the test but still pass the class. Yes, based off of that. Now, obviously, you get the 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 person that's going to throw the curve off. Yeah, that's the problem, though. You get you the have, one like, the... kid that's going to blow it up and destroy the rest of your class yeah. because now they all have F's because his curve is ruined. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> he's like, dang you for being smarter than the rest of us. Uh, and then we have uh, narrative grading, which is writing comments about students. So which you, is currently used mm -hmm. in elementary. Oh, yeah. Narrative grading is how they grade elementary students at, at earlier levels in most schools, as far as I've seen. Oh, that's cool. Um, where you're just writing comments about behavior and about what they're able to accommodate and about the way students are working in the classroom. Narrative grading is utilized. I wish... I could just write nice little stories about my students on the report card <laughs> instead of talking about, oh, and they showed up to class and brought this. And, yeah. Know, <laughs> I wish, but you, know, you got those things... lame comment codes where it's like, there's like student is either doing this or this, you know, like is in danger of failing or not meeting promotional standards. Well, with, and, like, well, and I, I, mean, I have, comments. A, I have a personal three. issue with that because the system that we have to use now in order to input grades doesn't show us, doesn't show us what the comments say. So I don't actually know what any of the comments are, and I stopped using them. <laughs> it's very sad. Well, you can Google the comments. I know. That's oh. a lot of extra work. <laughs> That's a lot of extra time to go. At, the, to at this the point, though, I've memorized like five of them because they're my like they're like the ones that I always use. Because they, <laughs> they were on the correct scale. I mean, so it is what it is. So I, I'm going to ask this question. Um, what would you recommend, Matthew, as um, the best? form of grading it ideally we in order to fully in my mind create a mastery grading system we need the grading scale to be not grading scale the grading system to be a lot more automated than it currently is mm -hmm. we need to be able to pick up student work and grade a large quantity of work in each category in order to fully attain mastery grading and that requires automation more than we currently have simply because i can't read that much yeah. Uh, neither can any teacher in order to fully implement a mastery grading system. We're close. Mm -hmm. We are close on it because with the reading system right now that's currently in place alongside of, you know, New ZLA and Lesson Writer and that kind of thing, you know, we're looking at, you know, this ability to be able to automate the way that we're assessing reading, mm -hmm. but we don't have that option in writing yet. And we can't actually quantify that much. Uh, vocabulary is also mostly automated for it. But we have to be able to assess students 
Secondly, we have to be able to have students be able to assess themselves at any point in time that they want. Yeah. Now, Khan Academy and mm. a lot of math programs right now allow for that in math, mm. which is why it's so helpful because kids can go back and do it over and over and over and over and over again until they master it. Yeah. But kids don't want to do that. No. They don't want to. <laughs> if they realize that the system is automated, they get discouraged because then they realize no one actually cares or is looking at what they're doing. Yeah. And the really dedicated students will do it, but most students won't. Yeah. So for me, to go into the mastery grading system that I'm imagining to happen someday, we're like five, six years away from it. Mm -hmm. I say five to six years. I would have said 10 years until this year. Oh, because of <laughs> because everything is becoming <laughs> so unbelievably automated. Yeah, with this with this learning system in 2020 with COVID mm -hmm. and with having to stay distance learning is creating these systems. So we see these things popping up that are automating everything for us, mm -hmm. which is bringing us up to the quote unquote 21st century. <laughs> I mean, like we need to be there, and the mastery grading system requires that. Um, for me, it would also require a secondary grading unit to be in place. Mm -hmm. And I mean that as not begging for help as a teacher, but I do mean other people would need to come in and grade these students work as well. Yeah. It can't just be my opinion for mm -hmm. it. Um, in order for it to be truly mastery grading, you would have to have multiple sources and multiple outside pieces of information. I have tried to push for group grading in a lot of student essays across the board in my school. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just something that a lot of teachers don't want to do because they feel like they're doing your work. Yeah. But group grading would eliminate a lot of the issues as far as mastery grading goes, simply because you have multiple people looking at multiple standards and mm -hmm. eyes mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. And students would get multiple um, inputs as to where they're at on their mastery scale. Mm -hmm. And that will give them the most... Like, it, it would be able to give them a very finite, you know, margin of error for where they're at as a student, you know, if mm -hmm. we could if we could come across a group grading system. Yeah, I tried to push for a portfolio and exit interviews, and we actually started the portfolio por portion where the students had to um, present their best work um, and connect it to what they would be learning in any given AP class because we are the advanced kids uh, in middle school. Yes. And I also wanted to do an exit interview, which we probably would have considered doing this year or next year, where they have to basically convince the next group of teachers that I am able to take your class next year because I have done all of these things and I've learned all these things. So they basically have to assess themselves and then uh, argue that I am able to take your class. I, I passed seventh grade. Now I should be able to go into your eighth grade class type of thing. Yes. Um, in addition well, to, you know, of well, course, right master now, grading would be great, too. Yes, true. <laughs> right now, what we're required to do, basically, if we want to input mastery grading, what we're required to do is to take, basically, a standards-based grading system. So we're in, I look at the standard that the student's doing on this given assignment, and I grade the standard. Mm -hmm. We take those standards and use narrative-based grading to kind of come up with this janky conversion <laughs> over into A through F scale, mm -hmm. and the kid is kind of, and so if the kid ever asks why they got that grade, we basically have to be like, well, it's kind of it's, it's like this, and you know, this, what do you think? It's, I this <laughs> it's like, it's this, it's this weird conversion if we try to do it. Yeah. It doesn't work the way that we want it to, and I don't think that's necessarily fair to the students, and so while it's not fair, it's not doable. Yeah. 
Um, right now, the best I can do is say, when the parents say, how's my kid doing? I can pull up their grade and be like, well, they got really good scores in their reading information, reading literature grade, but their speaking and listening is an F, <laughs> you know, and I can at least pinpoint for the parent and the student what they need to work on, but it, it doesn't <clears throat> fully translate well. It doesn't translate at all. And that's yeah. the really frustrating part because mastery grading is built on the standards, which are a one through four scale, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah, we have a. And there's we don't, six we points have, on our Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and, and trust me, I have tried to convert it, and but the conversion even, is a, ridiculous. It's not even a true <laughs> conversion because if you are doing A through F, an F in most grading scales is a 50%. Yeah. A 50% is still passing in mastery grading because yeah. that's. Because you learned half of it. Because even if you go with, you know, far below, below, approaching, meets, and above as the grading scale, which mm -hmm. are which are the grade points for a mastery grading system, mm -hmm. right? You would say it's far below grade level, below grade level, approaching grade level, meets grade level, advanced grade level, or above grade level, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then you could go um, like, you know, I like to put another end on the other side that's called collegiate, which would be like, you know, exceptional work that yeah. basically is like, please leave my school. Like, <laughs> go to college like, already. You're wasting your time here. <laughs> Which, God, I wish we could do that, but that's a different podcast <laughs> Like, should students be there if they don't need to be? But anyway, yeah. I'm saying, like, this this system, if you rate a kid below grade level, theoretically, that should mean they should be repeating work. Yeah. Right? If they get a below grade level system, that means they need to redo it until they get it. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that if they get below grade level and you give them an F, an F encourages them not to redo that work yeah. because they failed it. So why would they want to revisit it? Yeah. Whereas below grade level encourages them to pass. But if they get a C, why if you rate it as a C, why should they yeah. go redo the work? They already passed it as far as they're concerned. Yeah. So the D becomes almost essential in this grading scale of A through F because the D is not quite a fail, but it's not quite a pass in this It's in like this I'm close enough to pass. And so basically I use... And it sucks because I basically use the D on the grading scale more than I use any other grade mm -hmm. simply because that's my cue to the students to please pass because in their minds, they've been trained that an F is done. Yeah. They don't touch it again because they've already failed it. Move on. Yeah. And that's and also so, a, a, a negative part about the this grading system is like an F just seems like I'm a, I'm a failure. And it's like, no, you are not a failure. You have failed this portion or this thing but that doesn't mean you as a person are a failure and it doesn't mean you can't continue to learn and we don't really cater to the idea of like trial and error no. we're like you should not be doing well right off the bat you should kind of go from you know zero to you know a hundred let's say i guess that would be more of the uh, percentage grading but where you you should enter you know the next grade level as knowing you know, nothing to learning something by the end of the year. And I mean, yeah. obviously you don't know nothing because you learned things previously, well, you, but you should be able to have that mentality of it's okay to fail, but we, we don't have well, that in our, through F in our system. system on top of that also encourages, you know, that a C is like, okay, you know, 70% of the classwork. Yeah. If you got a C, are you cool educating a kid in the next grade level who only knows 70% of what you're going to say? And then if they know, and they only get 70% of your class, 
what are they going to get for my next class? 70% of 70% is what? You know, this is exponential failure. Yeah. Is all it is. So then, okay, so they get a C in a, in a, in a sixth grade English class. They go to seventh grade and they learn 70% of that. What's 70% of 70%? You know, mm -hmm. they go to eighth grade, 70% of 70% of 70%. Eventually, it's going to turn into an F. And then they know 50%. Like 70% of 70% of 70% of 50%. Mm -hmm. And then now they're at a 30%. So they know 70 of 70 of 70 of 50 of 30. They're really only learning a couple percentage points of each year of yeah. the class. It ends up as exponential failure rather than as, you know, low-hanging success. Yeah. And that's not necessarily fair, fair to them. <laughs> and I curve my grades. <laughs> so an 85% is an, an A in my class. So. Yes. <laughs> So, because uh, I teach middle school, so I feel the need to try to do that. But so I guess my final question is actually for our listeners. Should we as a country move away from the A through F grading system? We want you to tell us uh, why or what you think on Instagram, Twitter, and our Facebook page. And we're, we're wanting to hear back from you. We yeah. genuinely want to hear feedback because we're speaking from our experience. And yeah. that's not everyone's experience. Yeah. You know, we're not experts. We're speaking from what we know and from what we think should or shouldn't happen. We're just kind of barely, barely kind of broaching the subject. Mm -hmm. And I think it's opening it up for a further discussion. So look us up on social media at those who can't do podcast or email us at those who can't do podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow us to get updates for our episodes and talk with us. Yeah. You know, give, give us your feedback. What do you think about this? Uh, thank you all for listening to our first season of Those Who Can't Do Podcasts. Woohoo! Yeah, season 10 episodes. Woohoo! Um, if you have any topics that you wish to hear discussed, feel free to let us know. Uh, we would love to hear from you, like Matt was saying, uh, any of our social media or our email. Uh, let us know. And we'll be back in January with season two, all new episodes uh, coming during that time. Uh, look for some updates over the uh, winter break from us uh, yeah. as we post more information about that. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and we will see you all next year.